Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from our equipping pastor, Dennis Kozlov. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. Good morning, church. short is a rebellion against the weather. Yeah, I don't know how many of you here. Anyway, uh, we're starting a new series, and today this message is going to be an introduction. So um, I'm trying to break the ground for the sake of the others that are going to follow after me, and there will be many. I'll be alternating just like we usually do. I preach one Sunday, Neil preaches the other. I preach one Sunday and somebody else. So this three months, there will be Dennis and another preacher. And most of the preachers we're going to have, they are from the house, which is a beautiful picture. So we have many many talented preachers of the Word of God, and we'll see many more. All right. So yesterday was an important event in European part of the world. How many of you are aware of that? Wow, look at you. Whoa. Some do. I had no clue. I became so Americanized that I don't care. (laughs) Well, thanks to Dave Rowe, who came to visit from Germany, he said, are you aware, with his beautiful British accent that I can never imitate, are you aware there is a very important thing going on in uh, England tomorrow? I said, no, what is it? He said, that's coronation of King Charles. What is it, the third? The third? Yeah. So I, I bothered to look at that thing yesterday. It was fascinating. It was cool. It was interesting. I mean, how many of you watched that online? Okay, some of you did. It was, it was kind of fun to watch. But that, believe it or not, it has something to do with this series of messages. I'll make it connect somehow. Don't worry. So what we watched yesterday was an act of crowning or coronation, as they call it, enthroning someone who was originally born into a royal family but finally got to the point when he began to reign. Here's what it has to do with you guys. That's your story. When you receive Jesus, you know, the thing is, you cannot achieve the throne of a king. You can only be born into a royal family. And then there is a chance you might become a king. You might start reigning. That's about you guys. Because when you were born again, when you received Jesus, you were born into a royal family. And God's call for you guys, believe it or not, is to get to the point when you begin to reign. And I know it sounds very foreign to a lot of you. And in fact, if you register how foreign this concept to you is, it's just an indicator that you really need to be here during this series. Because there needs to be a major shift in you, in your mind, in your heart, in your mindset, in your attitude, so that you would finally get to the point when you are not just by status belong to a royal family, you would actually exercise Power and authority. What it means to reign, I looked up at the dictionary, and it says to reign means to possess and exercise power and authority and to be predominant and prevalent. 
Is that you today? That's not me. <laughs> it's me in some areas already, so I know it's possible. And here's the cool thing, guys. I know it's God's idea and God's call for all of you. You are not called to be like mediocre majority. You're called to be different. You're called to stick out, to, out, to be outstanding, to be different. And I'm not bolstering your ego. I am not. I'm telling you about the Word of God for you and me, and we're going to get into the Word of God about this particular thing during this series. So today, just a preliminary opening, introduction. So the title of my message was born in the conversation that took place in our connect groups. And by the way, guys, I, our church has connect groups. How many of you know that? They run through the year. We do them together. We start together and we finish together. It's not indefinite, long dragging. You never know when it's going to end thing. You start, you go for 12 weeks with a small group of people. You develop relationship. You get to know one another. You form some casual free, uh, Christian friendships. But also, there's a lot of stuff going on in those meetings. And the title of this message was born in one of those meetings last week. We were talking, and uh, as usual, there are people who are more talkative and who are less talkative. And, I mean, I try to dial down my propensities and dial down other people's propensities. But I at least try it at the end of the, every meeting, the quiet few that never spoke a word. I tried like, hey, Kai, come on, guys, share a little bit. And I tried to do that to some of the people who kept quiet through this meeting. And one sister in the Lord that is not, she, she, she's been a Christian for a while, I think. And she said, with a light in her eyes, after many years of being a Christian, she said, the secret is, Dare to believe. And I said, this is so beautiful. I'm going to take it as a title of my message. Dare to believe. That will make you different from the rest of the world. And today, that's what I'm talking about. That's my, my main message. And I want to follow the example of Apostle Paul and use the story of the book of Exodus as a reference point. When Paul speaks to new covenant believers, he often refers their attention to the Old Testament, to the Old Covenant, to, to the books and stories of the Old Testament. And that's what he does in the book of Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Let me read this passage. 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read most of the verses of this passage in NIV translation, but the last verse I'll read it in ESV. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses and the cloud and in the sea. What is he talking about? If you haven't read the book of Exodus, that makes no sense to you. What is he talking about? How many of you have read the book of Exodus? Well, some of you haven't. Okay, guys. Read the book. It's a good book. And the reason why you want to read it, it's not just about those people, Jewish people, long, long time ago. It's about you, according to Paul. It has something to do with you. Well, if you're super lazy, just at least watch a movie, Prince of Egypt by Spielberg. <laughs> but get acquainted with the story, all right? So he's referring to those events 
but he is immediately interpreting them in the light of Christ and he begins to tell that these things that happened were actually foreshadowing types of things that are happened when Christ has come and he continues so he said they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ whoa he here he oh man he's he's got this ability to interpret the old testament in the light of the gospel and he kind of went ahead of himself and started talking about it before he finished his thought but he's coming to his thought then and he said nevertheless remember all of them left Egypt all of them have gone through the sea all of them were baptized in the cloud of glory all of them all of them all of them all of them but he says nevertheless God was not pleased with most of them their bodies were scattered in the wilderness and in verse 11 he says now these things have happened to them as an example but they were written down for our instructions so it's a real story that happened with them but those things are written in your Bibles so that you would learn something from that story and apply it to yourself that's how you are supposed to read Old Testament by the way as the Word of God for you so he said they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come so the story of Exodus I want to start with that and it's not one of those slap me message what's wrong with you Christian no I want to reiterate and amplify the same call that Paul voiced in his epistle here don't be like those people in the book of Exodus that's what he's saying because the story that is conveyed in the book of Exodus is a very good story but it's very sad story too because they were the people of covenant they were his people and there was a lot of slavery and oppression imposed on them and they were suffering and they were growing and they were growing and it says in Exodus I'm not gonna have it on the screen and God heard their growing and God remembered his covenant with Abraham with Isaac and with Jacob and God saw the people of Israel and God knew he knew their crisis he knew their pain he knew their suffering and then he appears to Moses and he says I'm gonna come and set them free from their slavery he says in Exodus 3 7 through 10 he says then the Lord God said I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters I know their sufferings and I have come down listen to deliver them out of the land out of the hand of Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and Parasites and Hivites and Jebusites I don't care who takes this land I'm gonna give it to you guys I'm gonna take you out of there I'm gonna deliver you save you redeem you and I'm going to take you to the place of your when you will when you will be able to flourish 
And that's a sad story because it never happened. It was started, but it was never completed. And Paul's call, he says, guys, don't be like that. God has started something in your life. Don't be like them. Don't drop the ball. Complete it just like you started it. As I was thinking about this, it's like the example, and I'm sorry, I'm fixated right now on renovation my house because the car on Easter night ran into the wall of my house and it started a beautiful process of renovation. Seriously, I'm not joking. Those of you who don't know the story, check the local news. <clears throat> yeah, I got to see all the different lights and different first responders. Dennis, don't get distracted. So as I was thinking about this, the sadness of this story is it's like somebody got a damaged or dilapidated house and uh, this somebody has a vision of a new version of this house. And you know some people have a gift for that. They're like, they see before it happens, they see how it's going to look like. Oh, this room is going to look like this. And they've already chosen the colors and the items of furniture. And they, they, they just, they're excited to see the transformation of that house. And they begin and they start and they proceed. And at a certain point, something happens. I don't know, maybe financial hiccup or something. And it just, the whole thing stops. And now what you have is you have this dilapidated house. And a part of the house is renovated and it's beautiful, but it's so sad because it stands in such a stark contrast to the rest of the house. Can you see the picture? That's the book of Exodus. And Paul said, don't do that. Don't let it happen. <laughs> you know, God came and said, let my people go. Let my people go. And all those forces that kept them in captivity, in slavery, that oppressed them, they didn't want to let them go. But God said, let my people go. And he said it with such power that that power broke all the shackles and they went. And that happened to so many Christians. So this is a story of us. This is our story. We grow in this world and we learn to follow our own desires and self-seeking ways. And we ultimately end up in the slavery to sin. That's the reality. But God comes and he says, no, I heard your crying. And I'm not tolerating that. Let my people go. And he sets you free through the word of the gospel. And I believe every genuine Christian experienced part of the story of Exodus. They experience the deliverance. I know a lot of people who were struggling with drugs, with porn addiction, with all kinds of things. And some of you might still struggle with certain things. And God is not going to tolerate it. He's going to say, let my people go. He's going to hear your cry. He's going to take you out of that slavery. He's going to take you out of that pain. He's going to take you out of that slavery. That's not his plan. But here's what happens afterward. But why Paul is telling us to be careful not to repeat the same story? Because this is a sad story. Exodus is a sad story because it's the story of the failure of the majority, of the most, and the success of very few. And Paul said, God's call for you to be those few. And what makes a difference? What constitutes the difference between the majority? That's, that's a powerful lesson in and of itself. 
Never compare yourself to majority of people. Even in Christian faith, never compare yourself to majority of Christians around you. It's not a good indicator whether you made it or not. Compare yourself to the revelation, revealed will of God for you. And it's always crazy big. It's bigger than your biggest ideas. Dare to believe. That's the title of my message, remember? So that's a good, actually, lachmus test. Is your Christian faith has a daring element? And only you can answer that question. Do you dare? Or you're, or you're comfortable? Well, I'm not going to go in there because I might end up yelling at you again. Uh, okay. So unfortunately, most Christians repeat the story of Israelites and they start relatively well, but they finish not so well. You know, it's interesting. When God speaks the same thing twice, you better pay attention. And in the New Testament, He speaks of the same thing twice. The second time He speaks in that, the Holy Spirit speaks in the book of Hebrews. And exactly the same thing, but it gives more light. Let's read this. Hebrews 3, verses 12 through chapter 4, verses 2. We'll read the whole thing. The author of the book of Hebrews writes, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. Ah, a word of disclaimer. Some of you were raised in religion, and you already started, like, closing up, closing up, because you feel like I'm about to start slapping you and, like, uh, putting you on a guilt trip and saying, oh, what's wrong with you, Christian? No, that's not it. Please, just put your guards off. I'm not about that. And he's not about that. That's religion in your mind. That's a religious filters that interpret this kind of scriptures in a way that makes you scared. It's different. He, let's keep reading. He said, make sure you don't have an unbelieving heart because evil comes from an unbelieving heart. Leading you to fall away from the living God. God called you to be in oneness with the living God. And when you don't believe, you begin to fall. Believe in what? Believe in the gospel. It's there in that text. It's just religious glasses that prevent you from seeing that. Let's keep reading it. But exhort one another every day. That's what we do in small groups, in connect groups. And that's what I'm doing now. Exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that no one of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And listen, for we have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. We share in Christ. What, what, whatever Christ has, we share in it. If we hold on to the what? Original confidence. Religion takes away all confidence from you. You're never sure about anything in your relationship with God. The gospel gives you confidence. And he said, guys, don't let your heart to drift away from believing into this confidence. Hold on to that. This will keep you in contact with the living God. So he said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. What is he talking about? 
He's talking about the same story in the, book of, in the book of Exodus. He says, For who were those who heard yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? Do you hear he's talking about the same story? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter into his rest, but to those who were disobedient. And here comes the line that answers the question why. He said, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. That's what stopped the project of Exodus. They started well. They stopped because of the unbelief of their heart. And listen to what he, how he continues in chapter 4. He says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. And then he compares their story with our story. He says, For good news came to us just as to them. But listen, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Different translations say they did not combine the message with their faith. They did not mix it with their faith. They did not unite themselves with the message by their faith. And that's, that's a deal breaker right there. That's what makes it or breaks it. That's what makes your life story the book of Exodus, which has a beautiful beginning but the sad ending, or the book of Deuteronomy, when they come to the River Jordan and say, we're going to get across the river and take everything that God is giving to us. Dare to believe. All right. So this, <clears throat> where do I take you from here? Uh, another conversation that <clears throat> emerged in our connect group was we were talking about the nature of faith and I want you to get it I don't know how to present it here but like our faith is always a response of our hearts to what God speaks Amen. I'll say it again our faith is never self-produced self-generated self-engineered our faith is a response to what God speaks there's a thing called tuning fork if you hit it it will go at a certain frequency and it's funny it's pretty quiet so you move it away and you think it's just a piece of metal you bring it back there are no electronics in there no chips you bring it back to your ear and it still goes and an interesting thing, if you bring a source of sound loud enough with the same frequency and you would hold this fork and you will start blasting that sound, all of a sudden this fork, without hitting it, without touching it, would start going all by itself. This process is called resonation. The frequency that reaches the fork begins to resonate and sing the same song. God is the ultimate 
the liver of the universe. And he begins to speak to you. And your heart is designed by him in a way that it can resonate to his speaking. And when he does it, listen. Don't harden your heart. Let your heart go. It's a sound from another world. And it will take you to the heights that are not reachable to you. God's faith is always daring. It's always leading to bold steps. It never makes you comfortable. Some people say, oh, you guys are preaching grace so much. Aren't you afraid people get lazy? No, because when I preach the gospel, I let you hear. And your heart goes. And that's how you start. But then you begin to see things that scare you. And you go, oh, maybe I'll play it safe. And you, you know, if you touch this tuning fork, it will stop sounding. And that's the call of Paul. Don't stifle it. Don't suppress it. Let it sound. Listen and respond. Listen and resonate. Listen and resonate. You know, so many Christians, they are happy just to be delivered from the oppression of their sin and addiction. But that's not God's plan. That's just the beginning. Amen. Don't stay there. There's so much more. But I'm scared. Of course you are. And I'm too. But we go, Guys, God is calling us to be out of slavery in Egypt. But he doesn't want us to be in the wilderness. He wants us to enter into the land of promise. That's your story. You see, God didn't just want ex-slaves who escaped their oppressors. His desire was for them to have something much more greater. You see, the problem was, it was not a problem for God to set them free from external forces that kept them in Egypt. That's why he's strong God. But as they, as they were driven out, God couldn't make them participate in his plans because they decided not to. And for 40 years, over and over and over and over, he was sending the sound and they said, no. He goes, ooh, and they go, no. And Paul said, don't be like that. You, New Testament Christians, don't be like that. Don't be afraid. Dare to believe. Dare to believe. So, you know, these guys, the problem was not the external slavery. The problem was internal slavery. Because... God wants you to become a king. I know it's foreign concept to you. It's foreign concept to me. That's why I want to be part of these messages. I want to get used to thinking in those terms. God wants us to be kings. But yet we come from the background where we're blind people who have no vision, whose highest dream is just to let me alone, let me have a little break in life. That's a slave mentality because they don't trust, slaves don't trust anyone. 
They can't even trust the goodness of God. That's why it must be your decision. Okay, I'm going to trust God's goodness in my life. I'm going to... I am going to trust. Yes, everybody fails me, but God will not, and I will trust my life to His goodness. That's They constantly resisted change and transformation. Because slaves don't trust anyone. Slaves think of themselves as a street smart kids who can read circumstances quickly and adjust quickly and be very agile and survive great. So the survival is the highest point of their vision. That's not the king. You can't reign like that. So there needs to be major transformation from within. Your mind should be changed. Your heart should be changed so that you would think differently. And God is teaching you guys, teaching you to think differently about the world, about yourself, about Him. I I shared a few weeks ago how God taught me what marriage is, even when I was a kid that had no idea what marriage is. He taught me how to take responsibility. I wear these nice shoes today. You like them? (laughs) I like them. These shoes is a monument how God was teaching me not to be a slave. I always bought cheap shoes. Always bought cheap shoes. But back in Russia, I mean, here it may be different. So maybe this example is not very relevant to you. But what I'm trying to tell you, God is teaching you new ways of thinking in small things and in great things. Here's an example of teaching in small things. I would always... Buy something that looks nice but real cheap. And I bought, I remember years ago, I bought this pair of shoes that were cheap as usual, looked nice. And I I walked a lot. We don't drive cars there. uh, So I walked a lot and it was a full time. And like in three to five days, I began to feel my feet are wet. These shoes are a piece of crap. (laughs) So I thought, I still have the receipt. I'm going to take it back. So I took it back to this mall that I bought it from. And I I gave the receipt and I got the money. And I thought, I'm going to get the new ones. So I almost bought similar kind of shoes. And then somehow the saying came to me. I don't know where it came from. But I remembered somebody said to me, I think somebody rich once said, or I don't know who it was, but it was like, never buy cheap shoes and cheap mattresses. <laughs> and it was so foreign to me. Like, what? What do you mean? I can buy like shoes for $20 and it'll be fine but this like no and I was like oh and I looked and right across the hall there was a store echo it's it's a European company they should probably pay me now since I'm advertising them but it was very expensive store I never even put my food in stores like that but I decided to okay I got some courage and I stepped into it and I tried to act like I know what I'm doing <laughs> and those shoes were expensive man I, like, I looked at the price tags and I tried to act like I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> and I found a section that said sales. So I came to sales section. And I saw these kind of shoes there. And I really liked them. But they were like over $100. And that was mind-blowing. Like I never paid that kind of money for a pair of shoes. That like, no. And I felt like, no, no, no. I need, I need to buy these shoes, I, I don't know, guys, maybe this story has nothing to do, cannot relate to you, but that was a shift in mind. 
So it was a revolution. And I go like, oh, 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 oh. And I got this box of shoes and I came home and I put it. And they gave me bloody blisters next day. <laughs> but listen, after they gave me bloody blisters, they almost like transformed just to be the, the extension of my feet. And I kid you not, if they would have an odometer, I still, I brought them to America with me. They're still in my closet. They look like they can be in the museum, but they're still intact. I don't know how many miles are there on those shoes. They're awesome. And I did some calculus. I mean, I calculated back and I thought like, I paid $100 for that shoes. And they gave me like 12 to 15 years of walking for miles with comfort and quality and dry feet. And that's like, ah, that's a secret nobody knows. <laughs> that's a secret rich people know. Well, anyway, I'm joking, but it's just an example. I took too much time for this. But God wants to change our mind in small things, in big things, in everything. You know, so try not to be driven by your fear and, and, uh, and uh, apprehensions and your anxieties. Try to believe God for small things, for big things. And talking about big things. A guy in church in Russia, when I barely spoke any English, came to me, laid his hands on me and said, God is calling you. You're going to move to another country and you're going to preach the gospel in the language that is not your native language. <laughs> Sounds nice, but impossible. 2023, I'm right here preaching. I'm doing, I'm in the middle, I'm in the middle of that, I'm in the middle of this prophecy being fulfilled. And I'm different in this realm. There are many other realms that I'm just like the world, and I want to change there. And the gospel, the goodness of God that will tell you, ooh, dare to believe, will take you to a different place. As long as you don't stop it. As long as you say, no, I want to play safe. I want comfort. Slaves want comfort. Kings want challenge. And a battle. And a fight. And, okay, I'm coming to the end of my message, I hope. <laughs> Dare to believe. The call is to be strong and courageous. Move from the book of Exodus, from the sad story, to the book of Deuteronomy. When you come to the river Jordan and God speaks to you. Moses speaks to you. And he said, look back. Look at the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Remember, never forget. Now look ahead. See, I'm giving you this land. Yes, but there are like all kinds of giants there. That's what people of Exodus said. People of Deuteronomy didn't say that. They said, we're going to go and take it. Why? Because we're so strong, powerful, and smart. No, because God said he's giving it to us. That's what matters. That's all that matters. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> the voice of faith. So the answer is dare to believe. Why dare? Yeah, I already said that. So. Exodus 19, what they had to remember and what, 
they need to remember not only what he has done, but also his, his intention for them. He says, you yourself have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. I did that. If you are a Christian today, you are in union with God like Christ is. And he did it, not you. You have nothing to do with that. Just remember that. That's what you have to do with that. Remember that he has done it. Remember that he brought you to himself. He said, now, therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. You will be different. For all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And Paul said, their story is your story. Ooh. And First Peter, Peter in First Peter repeats the same thing. He says, but you are a chosen race. He almost quotes it. He said, you, to New Testament Christians, he's talking to you. He said, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. You, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You have received mercy. I have received mercy. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Hold on. Don't let go. Don't let go of the mercies you have received and the kindness of God. Expect great things. Who do you think you are, Dennis? You think the world spins around you? Yes! Because the world spins around God. And if he calls me, you're mine. The world spins around me. I'm sorry. <laughs> and around you. The only way when you fall out from God is when you just say, well, I'm just nobody. I'm just a bit of dirt. That's, my friend, is a non-belief. Faith speaks what God speaks. And God never speaks little things. Although for some of us, even about shoes, he may. But he speaks big things. He speaks big things. Somebody spoke to Neil several years ago, respected, prominent ministers of this community, came to Neil and said, it's just okay to recognize that your church has died and put the lock on the doors. And another minister came and said the same thing. Peace of work, those ministers. But God said, Ooh, and Neil goes, Ooh, and we see what's happening. Wes came here and said, God sent me to Ohio Springfield, and this church is going to be one of the greatest. We'll have an impact on national level, on international level. And one very profound, serious minister wrote to him, no, Springfield is a whole. You need to get out of there. That sounds to me like what good can come out of Nazareth? Yeah. Lots of good. <laughs> Lots of good. If people in Springfield go, Ooh. all right? 
Okay, musicians are giving me hints that I need to. Okay, guys. Okay, so this is an introduction. So I'm about to wrap up. I promise. Uh, but I want to read Romans 5.17. This, this whole series is teaching us how to shift our mind, to shift our heart, so that we would be able to get to the place when we reign. And that word actually comes from the book of Romans that I'm going to read, chapter 5, verses, verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass, he's talking about Adam, death reigned through that one man, much more will those, that's you guys, who receive, listen, this is the key, those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. That's God's call for you. Not just to be free from your addictions and sins, but to reign in life. How? By receiving, not by achieving. I know it's hard for Americans to hear because it's a great value that Americans have. And I love that value to be self-reliant, self-sufficient, independent person. Great. Doesn't work with God. You need to become the opposite of it. You need to become the co-king, totally dependent, and professional receiver. Professional receiver. Believers to receive. And it will never make you comfortable. It will take you to places that, that you would never go to by yourself. And do things that you would never dare to do by yourself. Abundance of grace. Gift of righteousness is a gift. We will be talking about it. And as soon as you receive the gift of righteousness, you begin to receive grace. Grace means something that you don't deserve. You just receive it. When God brought those people to Jordan, he said, you're about to cross. Take the possession. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's the only commandment. Don't be afraid. Don't be timid. Believe. Take the possession of the land I give you, and you will inherit the houses you haven't built, vineyards you haven't planted, wells you haven't dug. Do you hear it? Even those people knew it was a gift of God. So we need to shift. And I hope this series will do it for you. And those people online who are watching, please come to this church or keep watching online. This, if you stay through this series, I guarantee you will not be the same person. All right, now it's a great time for us if anything resonated in you while I was speaking. Great time to do. Let's go worship. All right, let's do it. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.